Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 8 of Captain Says. Hang, hang on, hang on. Is this the first podcast you've been on that you haven't been the host of? <laughs> I think so. Oh, there you go. Actually, no, it definitely is. Okay. Well, yes, it's episode 8. It's Captain Says. And my guest tonight is from the Peach and Black. Is it the Peach and Black podcast? I've never even thought about that. We should really get that. I think it is. <laughs> figure it After out. After 8 years, we should figure that out. <laughs> Peach and From Black. the Peach and the Black Peach podcast, it is, I guess you could call him the host, it's MC, is it MC Slow-Mo as well? There's so many things I don't know. <laughs> well, I'd pre- <laughs> I think I'd... at the start it was MC Slow-Mo and then after a while it was just MC. No, it was always MC, but I used MC Slow-Mo in, um, it was like my Skype username and then it was a username for something else and the email or whatever, so it's MC. But if you don't mind... But now, it's a new one. <laughs> it is. The, it's a new name. So I'll leave it to you as to whether or not you thought that was funny enough to keep in or whether you just want to refer to me by the name I'm going by at the moment, which is Rob S. Yes, there you go. it's Rob S. <laughs> which we, you did say in the latest Peach and Blake podcast at the start. I did. But you know what? I thought about that today and you said, oh, I think this is the first time, but it's not because I think when you interviewed Hearts... That was under Rob S. That's true. That is very true. So the first usage of Rob S was my Hearts interview. The second usage was for the Hit and Run album review show that we just recently did. And the third one, proudly, uh, I can say, is on the Captain Says show. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the first show you haven't been the host of. Have you been on any other podcast? No, I haven't. No, I'm starting at the top. It can only only go downhill from here. (laughs) So... Let's talk about, most people will know you from the Peach and Black podcast. Correct. And it was your idea. It was. I'm sure we talked about this in some show, but let's just quickly do it. Yeah, so it was my idea. I was listening to other podcasts at the time, and this is back in, I want to say, late 2008, which is really, really early for podcasting. Yeah, there were podcasts out there, but it wasn't. It was nowhere near as big as it is these days. Now every man and his dog has a podcast. That's true, and uh, even me, even you, even me. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's getting really, really big. But a very long story cut very short is I was listening to other podcasts at the time, and actually the first podcast that I ever listened to from memory was the Michael Koppelman 
podcast, which I don't know if that's what it was officially called, but it was basically a podcast by a guy called Michael Koppelman. He's famously known as one of the recording engineers for a couple of the early 90s Prince albums. And I have in my brain that he played bass. He did on the song Blue Light off the 1992 Symbol album. Only that track? I think so. I th- Well, I think wow. he played on other things, but I think that was one of the only ones that was released. So As soon as he said his name, I just thought bass. I had that's no right. idea why or where it was from. <laughs> There we go. That's where it's from. And he was just a guy talking into a microphone. It was really the ramblings of a random person. And I got really hooked into what he was talking about. He would record this show on his own and it would be about politics or it would be about science or about music or whatever. He had a couple of shows discussing his work with Prince while he was you know, a recording engineer. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. As long as you have something quote unquote interesting to say, I wonder if I could do this. And then I thought, well, what would I talk about? And mm. the first thing that popped into my mind was, well, I'm a huge Prince fan and none of my friends follow Prince's music. So-called friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't speak to them anymore. <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, I can't do this on my own. I mean, I could, but I thought it's going to be too boring. No one wants to listen to just me talk for an hour. So if you're listening to this now, you can tune out. <laughs> But, uh, well, actually, no, you're on the show as well. But then I thought to myself, I wonder if I can get some hardcore Prince fans that like are really, these guys really have to know their stuff. And I won't reveal too much information about how you and I got to know each other and how Player and ToeJam came into the picture. But let's just say we uh, utilized the internet forum technology at the time. (laughs) (laughs) And we we came to know of one, one another and... It just kind of happened. I just kind of said, look, I want to yeah, talk about- Yeah, I don't really even remember how it started. I just think you said, oh, do you want to do it? And I just thought my like only reply was, why not? <laughs> I don't know if I even said yes. I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> You still haven't said yes. <laughs> You've just been rocking up. Yeah, eight years, still haven't committed yet. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically it. And um, it's been it's been awesome ever since. So, and people still listen. That's a good thing. Well, more, more than peop- ever. Yeah, more people are listening now than than ever before. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, you know what anniversary it is? Like this week, five years ago, where were you and I? I've got to do some quick maths here. So, October two thousand ten. Ah, oh, okay. October. <laughs> yep, New York City, Manhattan. It is the five year anniversary of Peach and Black in New York. Half of Peach and Black in New York City. <laughs> At the, at the wishes of His Majesty. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? So what a perfect time for you to come on this show. I know. I was Did thinking you... about that today. I'm like, I've got to say that. I've got to bring that up because that's just crazy that it happened right now, five years ago. That's a nice piece of planning on your part to bring me in on the, on the anniversary of that oh, tumultu- yeah. tumultuous yeah. evening. This show, this show is so well planned. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a message like yesterday and like, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I just happen to be free tonight. so. Oh, it works out well. Hmm. I don't know if there's anything we could say about that journey that we haven't already said in detail. Except hmm. it was great, and I will love CeeLo Green forever. <laughs> well, I'll, I, can add, <laughs> I can add to that by saying I will love CeeLo Green forever as well, and one particular song of his. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was, I, I won't tell the story, because uh, I, th- I think we've covered this. Or have we? I don't even know. We now. must have. We must have. But that, yeah, so the song, which is... 
It starts like, with an F. Forget you. Forget you is the yeah. the edited version. So f- fuck you is the explicit version. <laughs> I mean, we're on terrestrial podcasting here. It's fine. Yeah, we can say anything. So we're like Howard Stern, you know. He can swear on terrestrial radio, which is why he made that move. We're, we're exactly like Howard Stern. Yeah, we're just like him. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that song, Fuck You by CeeLo, was, I've got the best memory of that because I, all I remember- That was our theme song. <laughs> All it was was just us sitting around in this hotel room just waiting for a phone call from somebody to tell us what's happening or where we've got to go. And we just discovered that song. Like, we were sitting around. I think we were on YouTube, but we just started playing, watching songs, and that song came on. And then I think we must have played it at least about 300 times in that, like, three days. You did not stop playing that song (laughs) that entire weekend. And I think you're right. That must have just come out, and I had never heard it before. And you said, oh, I love this song. And I think it had come out a bit earlier, but I, Maybe. you know, in Australia we'd just never heard it before. Yeah, and and I remember just sitting in the hotel, <laughs> in the hotel room, the two of us, and you just kept playing that song over and over and <laughs> over again, and every time you did it, I just lost, I just lost it. I just started pissing myself laughing. I couldn't stop because the situation was so ridiculous. It was just so fitting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was, especially when it got to the end of that second day and we still hadn't heard anything and you just kept playing that song and it was hilarious because it was like exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, forget you, you know, like we're about to (laughs) get on a plane back to Sydney. And nothing's happened. (laughs) And and we're still waiting for this phone call. But alas, the phone call came and it was an amazing end to the weekend. So, yeah, that was funny. And I remember a beverage that I was consuming. Mike's Hard Lemonade? That's it. (laughs) I remember that. That was the first and last time I've had that. I remember that got me through some anxious times. Oh, that was just mayhem. We could sit here for three hours talking about just that night. I was just lucky though that I had the time. I haven't even told that story. I got there a day before you. That's right. Because I could. Because I just said to my work, which I don't work at anymore, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I just said to them, it's a family emergency. I have to go. I, I could be three days, six days. I don't know. I just have to go. And they're like, oh, don't worry. You go. Family emergency. Well, oh, it's, it's in New York. Uh, don't worry. You go. Do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> So that was great. That worked out well. Well, you know, that wasn't... I pretty much left like the next morning after we got that email. It's like, want to go to New York? I'm like, yeah, get me on the plane. (laughs) That wasn't totally... uh, uh, That was more like a white lie. You know, Prince, the family, that kind of makes sense, right? So... (laughs) That was the family. (laughs) It was the family. I got to go see the family. It was an emergency. Prince had to talk to us straight away. Oh, that, yeah. But then when we got there, he just made us wait for a few days. That's that's okay. (laughs) No, that was fantastic. It was, it's certainly one of the best experiences I've had. And the two of us just walking around New York and thinking about whether it was actually going to eventuate or not was as funny in retrospect mm. as the actual night, you know? So it was, it was interesting. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah, the whole thing. So that's the great story. Well, that's not even a story. That's just the absolute sidelines of that story. <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's like the, the outlines, like the, the, you know, like when they cut meat in a butcher's, those are like the cutoffs from the, <laughs> yeah. it's like, we, I don't think we've ever truly gone into the deep, deep, deep details. So I honestly don't remember half of it. First of all, for anyone who wants to hear that whole story uncut as uncut as we put it out anyway, there is mm. a Peach and Black podcast episode 
called, I think it's just called Peach and Black in NYC, which if you go back on Podbean, it's going to be, what, about October, November 2010? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was released in October. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did it pretty quick. So. And the strange thing was, we didn't even know that was going to happen. We didn't even know we were going to do a show about that. We thought, well, not that we thought about it at all, but I didn't think we'd do a show about it. It wasn't until after that night and we'd met him and everything happened. And then it was like, oh, well, you're going to do a show about this, right? And tell everyone how great it was. And we're like, okay, then we'll do a show about it then. It hadn't even entered my mind. I'm with you. I, I mean, it, when the plane landed back in Sydney and you know we came back home, I wasn't thinking about recording a show about that necessarily. And it wasn't until, as you said, we... We got an email from them, you know, basically saying, you know, hope you got home safe and all the rest of it and hope you had a nice time. And But it was something like, uh, you know, your listeners, hopefully your listeners will, um, you know, get something out of the information or what was discussed. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, and then we ended up recording it, but we weren't planning on, on doing anything even once we had landed back in Australia. Hadn't even thought about it. I was too busy laughing about... <laughs> CeeLo Green. <laughs> C- well, CeeLo Green and... Uh, and Jim Crow and and uh, Tony oh, yeah. M and all and that whole uh, fiasco. Bucket fiasco. <laughs> Bucket yeah. fiasco. Uh, good oh, times. What a what a night. What a, yes. what, a, what what a three nights. <laughs> it, it was it was insane. So that is the Peach and Black podcast. Oh, it's a podcast about Prince, by the way. Anyone who doesn't know, we <laughs> review albums. Well, we're finished now, unless there's any more albums coming. Well, don't start that rumour. People will start sending us emails saying, oh, don't go. Well, we, we finished Purple Rain and we're like, we're going to look for the ladder. <laughs> That's it. We're retired. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next album comes out. <laughs> we're, we're not on hiatus. We're just actually, are we? No, we're not, we're not on hiatus. We're just not currently recording anything new. We're just not, just like Prince. We're not as prolific as we used to be. The quality may also have dropped, but that's that's for other people to decide. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that. What else are we going to talk about? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm the guest. I'm, oh, I'm feeling, you know, I'm you feeling know, good, by we, the way. I'm I'm just the guest. I'm waiting we, for you to you know start some controversy. We need to talk about your resequenced version of <laughs> um, Hit and Run. Let's just go through that track list because really? I, I I read a message today and somebody said oh, I don't want to join up the title just to see the bloody playlist. So let's go right now. Okay, so track let one. me. Well, let, <laughs> let me open my hit and run the Rob S sequenced version. And not only have I resequenced the album, but I've also taken two of the songs off. But I'm not going to tell you which one, which songs I took off yet. So yeah, let, let's see if people miss them. <laughs> yeah, my version starts with track number one, Mr. Nelson, Mr. Mr. Nelson, Mr. Dobolina. Yeah. <laughs> then it goes into track two. Ain't About to Stop, which I think makes a lot of sense. Track three is Like a Mac. Yes, with the curly fries. With curly fries. And then this is the transition that I'm proudest of, is going from track three to track four, which is going from Like a Mac into Hard Rock Lover. And if I can say so myself, for anyone that hasn't heard those two songs back to back in that order, even if you don't want to listen to my entire resequenced version, just play those two songs back to back and see how you know, how that sounds to your ear holes. So that's track number four, Hard Rock Lover. Track five is A Thousand Hugs and Kisses. Oh, yeah. Track six, X's Face. Track seven, This Could Be Us. Track The remix eight, or the normal version? The remix, which yeah. I actually oh, yeah, prefer. Yeah. So This Could Be Us remix, which is on the original version of Hit and Run. Track eight, Fall in Love Tonight. 
And finally, track nine, you can't really put this anywhere else. Track nine is June. And that's it. That's that's the album right there. So, so yeah. that's that. Everyone, go and listen to that. Cue that up. Listen to that. So that's my title, Rob S's resequenced playlist of Prince's new album, Hit and Run. So yeah, everyone, go and listen to that and then send a, send a message to Prince on Twitter and say, this is how it should be. And then you're going to get a call, MC. You're going to get the call to do the next album. That's how well, it works. For anyone who's listening, only do that if you truly prefer my resequenced version. And I'll say this as mo- modestly as I can, but how could you not? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So now we can talk about... Music. <laughs> if I'm going to talk about music, I have to talk about Mike Oldfield. That's just how that goes. Now, I know you have at least one album. Yes. Which was from, was it last year? I think it was. I haven't listened to it in quite some time, by the way, but it was, was it Man on the Rocks? Man on t- the Rocks. That's the one. Anyway, that's a good album. Well, it, I don't know much about Mike Oldfield, but yeah, it, it is quite good <laughs> from memory. Ever listen to that link that I sent you ages ago, which was Amarok, and it's okay. just one full hour yes. of insane music. Did you listen to that? I have heard that. Do you that. remember anything about it? I do remember. I remember more about that than I do about Man on the Rocks, because oh. Man on the Rocks from memory is, I won't say a typical rock type album, but it, it is... More typical music, I guess, that I would normally listen to in comparison to Amarok. Amarok is like a like a kaleidoscope of sound, basically. And is it is Mike Oldfield the only musician on that record? Is it a one man band performance, Amarok? Uh, mostly. I think the only thing that's not is in the last like maybe fifteen minutes. There's that like African drumming. I think he had someone else do that. Okay. But I think everything else is him. So he, he can do everything except for African drumming, basically. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he could do it himself. Actually, in the bagpipes. I think someone else plays the bagpipes. Okay. On most of his albums, he plays most of the instruments. Most of the time. <laughs> but most of the time. He'll usually get someone to do like bagpipes or something. All guitar, all synths. That's all him. A lot of the time he has guest vocalists. He did uh, one or two albums with his own vocals. Wasn't his best album. <laughs> he's not the greatest singer. He's the first to admit that. But he's got a lot of albums. If anyone wants to listen to Mike Oldfield. Yeah, he does have a lot of music. I guess I've been listening to a lot of different stuff at the moment, but and none of it has been Mike Oldfield. But just because you brought it up tonight, I'm thinking, yeah, well, I'm going to jot that name down again and check out some of his back catalogue because he's got a lot of work, right? Well, he's he's pretty much done like Prince. He's had like an album pretty much every year since like 73. Wow. That's even before Prince. He must have more albums than Prince then. Because hmm. Prince is officially up to, I think, about 37, 38. It must be somewhere around that number. But Mike Oldfield is like, he's a strange artist, isn't he? Because he's he kind of pops up occasionally and does a commercial track here or there. Yeah. And then he kind of goes into hiding again. And then he gets sick of it and then he goes back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he put out a, uh, an autobiography called Changeling, and I actually haven't read it yet, and I've been meaning to for ages. It came out a few years ago. And he's had lots of problems with his family and just like like anxieties and depression and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And I'm sure that influences the music, and mm. I, th- I think in a good way, because all these people that are just happy all the time, 
what, what sort of song are they going to do? I don't know of anyone who's happy all the time. <laughs> you need some pain. You need that, I think. You need something. You need to have problems to write some good songs, I think. Yeah. You need to go through stuff. I definitely get a sense that you need to go like live go through life, you know, like live live through some some experiences to to produce something. Not that they all have to be negative. Which is what we've been saying about Prince for ages. Mm. He needs to go places and do things instead of just sitting in the big white mansion making more songs about <laughs> sitting in the big white mansion making songs, <laughs> which is what he's been doing for a while. Can't Get argue out with there. that. Get out there and do something. Get on it. So anyway, what have you been listening to if if it's not Mike Oldfield? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I remember you you made me listen to Sufjan Stevens a while ago. Yes, some I like used to... seventeen minute track. That was okay. That it was uh, reminiscent of Oldfield. That might have been why you told me to listen to it. No, that's not why I told you to listen oh. to it. But it's funny you should say it's reminiscent of Oldfield. There are some elements of his work. So we're talking about. I used to pronounce it Sufjan Stevens because. That's how everyone else seems to pronounce it. But I actually saw him in concert at the Sydney Opera House in, I want to say, May earlier this year, so May 2015. And he himself uh, referred to himself as Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan. Oh, he just said that for the, <laughs> so for the I don't, Australians. Yeah, <laughs> I don't Suf- know. <laughs> My name's Sufjan Stevens. I've <laughs> <laughs> got a new album out, mate. <laughs> She'll be right. Get it in your ear holes. <laughs> Another 18-minute song might remind <laughs> you of Mike Oldfield. <laughs> so, yeah, he was uh, referring to himself in that way. And Sufjan. So I now call him Sufjan Stevens. I-, I wonder if it was a practical joke on his part. I'm not sure. but It probably was since he probably always hears people mispronounce his name. So now he says it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's become his new name. Yeah. He-, he came out with a really good album this year. It's intensely personal intensely personal it's almost uncomfortable in, in I was just about to, to say to. you, you mm. don't particularly like those songs that are very intimate you know sort of songs yeah I, I've got a weird relationship with them but but his album the one that I'm referring to it's called Carrie and Lowell and I believe those are the two names of his parents and uh, definitely recommended listening very very cool if you haven't heard it before what else am I listening to? Hiatus Coyote. They're a great band. Are you just listening to that because Prince put a link out? No, I started listening to them back in late 2012. Oh. Mm. I'd never heard of them at all. And then I really? saw that link and I watched that one song and I'm like, that's not my sort of song. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I didn't listen to any more. I would have thought you might you might have found that interesting. Meh. Not really. I don't. I don't even remember it now. I just remember thinking, like halfway through, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> Knowing your tastes, from what I know about your taste from all the conversations we've had over the years, <laughs> it's probably a little bit. How do I put it? It really kind of it takes a lot of turns, and mm. th- like vocally, uh, Napalm, who's or Napalm, who's the lead vocalist, she she does a lot of. Uh, like a lot of vocal lines. She kind of goes all over the place vocally. Sometimes it's like really melodic, then other times it's half melodic, and other times it's soulful, other times it's really all over the place. Yeah, that sounds a bit mishmash. Yeah, which I which I like. Like their their latest album, Choose Your Weapon, which was released this year as well. Amazing album, especially by a Melbourne band, uh, close to home for all of us mm. Australians. So Oh, I don't know what what else. A lot of I've been listening to so much stuff. Daniel Johns released a solo record, which I haven't I, heard that yet. I've been meaning to listen to that. Um, well, I think I heard the the first single like that was that was good. Yeah, well, if you think that was good, I reckon you're going to love the album. Oh, I got to get you, it. You could because it's very electro pop, 
Because mm. I really liked where he took Silverchair with that modern something. Young young modern. Young yeah. modern and like straight lines and stuff. I really like that stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so if, if it's continued like further from that, further into Electro, it's going to be even better. Wow. You you were really missing out in that case. I didn't know you were going to go that route. If you, mm. yeah, you, you, you've I like got lots of different things. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out. That's called Talk. That came out earlier this year. And my... I remember the, I saw the video and it was... He, like, got buried in sand or something. Yeah, in a, in a box, in a, in a glass box. Yeah, that was a good song. Mm. What was that? Cool on Fire. Yes. Yeah, there's some great tracks on there. I think Preach is probably my favorite of the bunch, but... Uh, so far, Daniel Johns's talk is my is definitely a contender for album of the year. So, oh, I've got to hear mm, it. Definitely, there's a song on there that is very reminiscent of Prince. I read so. one of the reviews, and someone said I saw someone say that they said it, there was a bit of a Prince vibe here and there, hmm. which is. So, but is it, or is it just? No, it is. It something is. so general they just associate it with Prince's style. I think it's got. So that's that, a hard. That's a hard question. <laughs> it does it is. actually sound like Prince, or does it just sort of sound like Prince? But you know what I mean, right? This, yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. Yeah, Prince has got his sound and like that bit of quirky stuff, and then there's just like general sort of stuff that sort of sounds like Prince. But, yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, that sounds like Prince." Well, not really. Yeah, it's like if someone uses a Lindrum these days, it's like, "Oh, that sounds like Prince." Oh, it's Prince. It's it's R and B. That's it. Yeah, that's so, Prince. <laughs> so no, this is more. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's more kind of Prince around the Camille era. Ooh. Yeah. I, How's I'm that going to spoil it? I'm surprised you haven't heard the, that, that this whole album yet. But there's so much amazing music. I, I don't want to take up all night talking about, because this will go on for hours, but... I know. There's, there's so much to listen to, and there's so many things that I hear about, and I'm like, oh, I've got to listen to that. And then, like, within hours, I've forgotten about it. Really? And then, yeah, and then there's something else. I'm like, oh, I've got to listen to that. I have a very short attention span. Have you writing any of this down, or are you just <laughs> relying on your memory to... I'm relying on my memory, which is that's practically useless. That's, that's never, even, if, even if your memory was great, you wouldn't remember. I keep a notebook of... I will remember the says, silver, uh, the Daniel Johns one, though. Yeah. To my way of thinking, it's like Daniel Johns' latest album is, or debut album, really... Is yeah, you know, it is. he said, "Oh, is it is it more of that kind of young modern sound, which is what Silverchair were doing last time?" It is, but it's like he went way past that now. He's like, uh, "I don't feel like guitars anymore. I'm gonna go like full on electro." Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it is. It is really surprisingly good because that so, se- that seemed to be from again from my useless memory. That was the main reason that they broke up. Is the other two weren't happy going this electro way. Well, if that's true, that makes makes a lot of sense. That's just from. What I remember. When you, when you hear they the They wanted album, to go back to the, you know, the, the hard rock. And he's like, no, I want to do this. There was a song on Young Modern called, I think it was called If You Keep Losing Sleep. Yes, that's, that's exactly what it's called. That's an excellent track. It, it is good, isn't it? it the is, whole album uh, is unbelievable. It's great. And the video was good too. Mm. And see, I really like that. Even though that's a bit of a, a mishmash of things, it, it works very well. And I remember listening to that and I'm going, that and then that shouldn't go together, but it does. But it does, yeah. And that takes a, a smart person to put, you know, two random things together and then make it work. I completely there's lots agree. Of, there's lots of two. There's lots of people putting two things together that just sound garbage. Yeah. And, and I listen to it, and I'm like, no, <laughs> keep trying. But that song, oh, 
It's a great one. Yeah, if you keep losing sleep, you talk about putting things together. The, the band are putting way more than two things together. That's like a hodgepodge of sounds, but somehow it just it works. It all works. It's magic. But it's remarkable. So yeah, check out his, his debut album. But there's so much music that's out there, and that's why I write it down. When someone says something to me these days, I just put it in my phone or I write it down in my in little notebook I keep, and I'm like, okay, be sure to listen to these albums by the end of the month. And mm. um, now that I'm with Tidal, it's like it makes it so much easier. Uh, again, I'm coming late to the streaming music game, so maybe there are better options out there, but it suits my purposes. And but yeah, there's just so, so much music. And I think just to finish off my little list, if for anyone that's interested, this is going to maybe sound odd, but Simply Red came back with an album this year. Hey, I saw him. He was here. I saw yeah. him on Sunrise. He was here. He played some songs. I thought that uh, their new record, which I've heard a few times now, it's called Big Love. Pretty solid stuff. It's it's really a, a, an album about fatherhood and family and uh, there's, a, there's a really sweet song there about his dad or a touching I should say a touching song there about his dad called dad so there's that and then you know I, I moved from Simply Red all the way to Ghostface Killer he came out with a new album recently I'm not sure if you're familiar with him I've never heard those three words together in my life okay so it's he, Ghostface is- Killer Ghostface Killer he's part of the Wu-Tang Clan oh. um, rapper predominantly but he came out with a Incredible album called 36 Seasons, which I think is probably the hip-hop album of recent times. And I didn't know what he meant by 36 Seasons first, but I quickly figured it out. It's been 36 seasons since he last released an album. <laughs> What's a season? So a season, so it's like four seasons oh, in a year. So it's oh, been nine, four seasons. Yeah, okay. it's been ni- nine years since he released an album, so he called the album 36 Seasons, which is I thought was really, really creative. That reminds me of um, Arrested Development's... I think it was their first album and it was called like five years two months three days in, in the life of arrested development oh that's right yeah and that was i think again my useless memory i think that was the time since i think or they were trying to get a record deal until the album got released <laughs> and i was like yeah that's a good a similar thing pretty cool i like arrested development the band I never really got into them for some reason, but... Oh, they were huge in 1992. They were pretty big. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't see them then, but I saw them when they came back here in... I've seen them twice, actually. I saw them in 2007, and again, only a few, maybe two years ago, they came back for like a 20th anniversary thing. Hmm. Oh, they do a great show. Great I mean, they're, they're, they're a live band, right? So They are a live band. They are great. Oh, you should have seen them. Hmm. <laughs> you didn't like them, but you should have seen them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure I'd be buying a ticket if they came around again. But You know the best thing? They did that 20th anniversary concert. Again, my useless memory. I think it was only like 20 bucks or 25 bucks. And I'm like, seriously? One dollar for each year. That's crazy. It's a crazy price. Mm. No one's charging that now. Craziness. I was, for sure. I, was, I was impressed just by that. I may have gone if I knew it was $20. <laughs> $20 gig. Can't complain there, about that. There are a lot of albums to listen to. There are. And you, are you writing all these down? There's just not time <laughs> to listen to them all. That's the biggest problem. I'll get, if I'm lucky, I'll get like one night a week where I can get like about two hours, maybe three if I'm lucky, to just sit there and listen to music. See, I'll listen to a new, a couple of new albums every night. Oh, that's lovely to have that much time. <laughs> no, but even if I'm doing... See, I'll, 
I, I, I know what you mean, but I can't do that. I can't. If I put an album on when I'm doing other stuff, I'm not listening to it. Okay. It just like turns into background music unless okay. it's like unbelievable and it really catches my attention. It'll just like fade off and it's just music in the background. I have to sit there and listen to it and only listen to it. Well, what I do is I, I never play it through my speakers when I'm doing it. Like if, if I'm doing something else, what I'll do is I'll put my headphones on and I'll walk around with my headphones and I'll turn it up loud so that there's no way of escaping the music. So it's like I'm really... You're that's probably there. the best yeah that's the best balance i've been able to strike is like if i have to even if i go for a walk or i have to go do something i'll put the headphones on just so i can listen to another new new record which speaking of new records are you you're aware of the dead weather the band no oh wow <laughs> you've got to get into these guys uh, there's, there's, there's lots of things i don't know yeah so the dead <laughs> weather is a side project by um jack white from the white stripes now solo i've heard of him solo albums they just released a new album called dodge and burn which is album number three for the dead weather it's typical of what they normally do just really really hard rocking album um the arcs they're a really cool band you know the black keys i've heard the name okay so their lead singer and guitar player has come up with a side project called the arcs the album's called yours dreamily great record get into it gary clark jr as well Ah, oh, yeah, I remember you went and saw him last time that yep. he, he came. Yep. And he's coming yep. back as well, isn't he? He is. He's playing the Sydney Opera House, which I think is really not the right venue for a mm. blues for a blues based rock show. Just doesn't. It needs to be in a sweaty club somewhere. I'm I'm sorry, but I, I mean I'm not going to go see him just because of the fact that he's playing at the Sydney Opera House. Get back to the the factory. Yeah, exactly. I I guess he's getting bigger, and you know the promoter probably wants to make more money out of the show, and he probably Big. does as well. Big money at the opera house. I yes. wonder how much it costs to rent the opera house. I mean, how, really, how much money could you make? I don't know. Because it can't be a cheap venue to hire. You know, like the main hall. That that cannot be cheap. No wonder everything there like never costs under like hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean, he's got to pay for the place. That's right. You, you can't you can't escape that. It's like. Even if you wanted to charge, like if Arrested Development played there and wanted to charge 20 bucks, they'd probably have to charge 125 just to get people through just the door. Just to pay it. So those are some of the artists I've been listening to recently, I guess. Uh, there's there's a few others. Leanne La Havas, she came out with a good album. Oh, you know this um, Judith Hill new album mm. that's just come out? Is that the same one that was released a while ago? I believe so. Which, didn't it like come out for free? Yeah, it, for about a week it, it was free. Is, yeah, that's the one that Prince just put it out. To annoy the record company or something, wasn't it? Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I don't need to. I don't need to get that. I've already got it then. Yeah. If it's called Back in Time, then it's that's the same the album. Yeah. Because yeah. that single's just come out. That cry, cry, cry single's just come out. Good song. There's. Oh yeah, there are so many things to listen to. There's a lot of music out there. You said Jack White. Didn't he start his own label? Yeah, Third Man Records. Third Man Records. And there was something released on Third Man Records that I was going to get and I've forgotten what it was. And it was like only on vinyl or something. Oh, okay. It could be a number of things, but just off the top of my head, it may not even be a musician because a couple of... uh, It might have been a comedian. Yeah, a, a few comedians have, or at least one, I forget his name, but a comedian recorded a show possibly at the studio or at a venue around there and they pressed it to vinyl third man records comedy oh it was rory scoville there you go you spoke to rory he's <laughs> he was in episode something of captain says there you go rory scoville i knew i knew about that for some reason there we go it's a circle of life it's, it's all coming together <laughs> it all comes together that's right i like the the big albums by 
people that I like, but there hasn't been much this year at all. But last year or the year before, there was three big albums. And what were one? One was New by Paul McCartney. Okay. Which was uh, it's a really good album. It's sort of like I won't say it's like Prince and Hit and Run, but it's like Prince and sort of Artificial Age. He got a bunch of different producers, like I think just every song was by a different producer. And there's so many different sounding tracks on that album. It's a good album. I really like it. How does it compare to, I'm assuming you're familiar with what he's done before. I'm not so no, familiar with this. I don't know. What? <laughs> no? Wasn't he okay. in some band before? <laughs> or the two? Cockroaches? Is it the Cockroaches? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's the Wiggles. <laughs> it's like anything. I mean, you're not going to compare it to yeah, the you can't. classics. You, can't do you just sure. can't do that. But... For a 2000 and whatever year album that came out, I really liked it. Hmm. There was that one. And then David Bowie had an album. Oh, that was amazing. Which, strangely, I don't really like a lot of what he's done. I don't dislike it. I just don't really care. But that album that came out maybe, what, two years ago? Yeah, I really liked that album The next as well. day. The next day. That's it. That That's a really good, that cool. was a great album. So it must be two. Really cool. See, this is the last time I've actually listened to a bunch of new music. It was two years ago. Wow, you've missed. There was out new on by Paul McCartney. There was the next day by David Bowie, and almost the same time, Elton John put out an album, something, something about a pool. <laughs> but again, that was a good album. It was a a classic guy doing, you know, 2013 music, and again, it really worked. I just need it to did. look up the name of that. It's interesting that you met the three artists you mentioned, uh, David Bowie, Elton John, and Paul McCartney are, are all artists who've been around for a while. Yeah, um, I just don't. What about what about all the new, new stuff, stuff that's coming I, out? No, I don't really like it. Yeah, but <laughs> how do you know if you haven't heard it? You know, no one is writing the sort of songs that I like now. That you know of. I'm happy to be proved wrong. But the, the catch in that is I don't have the time to listen to the songs that would prove me wrong, yeah. so I win. <laughs> I think I, well, if we're playing by your rules, I think you might actually win. You know, I'd listen to any of the top 40 stuff and even just what are considered pop songs these days are just garbage. There's a couple. I hear a couple. Like on the the rare times I listen to the top 40 radio stations, there's a couple of songs I'm like, oh, yeah, that's okay. But the majority of it's crap. But you go back to one of the best years on Earth, which was 1987, you know, the entire top 40 was just unbelievable. That was a good There year. wasn't a bad song. And if it was bad, it was so bad, it was good again. So, yeah, I just don't like the new stuff. You know, I, I know, um... I'm just old. Like, didn't players say after like 33, you just don't listen to any more new music or something? Well, that's you what were the, the, um... you were the one who proved that wrong. That's what, yeah, that's what the research says. But, and maybe it's very, it's more than true for me. I stopped probably when I was 30, mm. which was a few years ago. I guess it comes down to how much time you have and, you know, people start families and they have work responsibilities and all sorts of stuff. But the one thing I found was I started getting trapped in like the nostalgia of going back and listening to all the albums that I used to love and still do love. And I was missing out on, on a lot of new artists until oh. I signed up for title to hit hit and run phase one by Prince. Mm. And I started looking at all these, you know, playlists of, because a lot of the stuff that's on title, the streaming service is curated. And so, you don't have to listen to a thousand different albums to get to the to 10 or 20 of them because they'll give you a playlist of like the 20 best albums of the year in their opinion and some of them are quite good. See, I'm I'm very happy to just wallow in the nostalgia like for the rest of my life. 
Because there's so much to listen to. That is true. And there's still a million albums from the 60s and 70s and 80s that I still haven't listened to. Yeah. So why would I listen to songs from now, which I'm high percentage that I wouldn't like it, when I can go and listen to stuff from those other years, which I'm pretty sure I would like? Mm. Just because you like the music of that era, right? Yeah. Oh, I said that Elton John song was a pool. It's called The Diving Board. Close <laughs> I was, enough. I was close. And I don't particularly like Elton John's albums, but for some reason, 2013, those three guys made very good albums. Hmm. don't know what happened. It was just working. Well, the Davy Bowie... The Davy. <laughs> hey, Davy. Davy. Little Davy. Little Davy Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie's album I've heard a number of times. And yeah, that I can vouch for was it was exceptional, exceptionally good. And wasn't that like his first album in 10 years or something? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the one before that was as good, if not better. Ooh, I should so listen to rea- that then. Reality, yeah. If you haven't heard that, that's a great record. But the, but speaking of Bowie, or Bowie, however you pronounce it, he is a guy who just, you know, plays by, an, by his own rules, especially at this stage in his life and in the game, right? I mean, 10 years between 2003 and 2013 – without really releasing any music and comes out with an album that was on, you know, critic top 10 list and fans loved it and it just got unanimous praise. And it's like, a, that's a decade of being, basically being absent. It just comes out, drops a new album and, every, and you know, by and large, everyone loves it. It's incredible. Did he, before that, did he say he was retired or did he just not do anything? I'm not sure that he officially like sent out a statement, but it was basically implied that I'm not doing I'm anything. Yeah. Ah, see, so he was smart. He sat there for a few years and got together, you know, the best songs that he could. He writes his own songs? I believe so, yeah. And so he puts out an album after many years and it's just a killer album. And then you get someone like Prince who... I know, I knew you were going to go straight into that. (laughs) I was just, I felt it, you know. Comes back after four years with some pretty mediocre stuff. No, 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 no. Artificial Age is a modern day Prince classic. I think I gave it like a four or five out of ten. No, I think you gave it like a seven or a seven and a half from memory. I gave Plectrum seven. I definitely gave Artificial Age less than Plectrum. Mm, Maybe a six. I might have to go back and listen to that. Listen to that show. But Artificial Age, like I said, I think it's some of the best work he's done in the last, call it five to seven years, I reckon. Easily. You know, the weird thing, when Artificial Age came out, not that many people had realized at that point that Josh produced everything, Mm. but you could definitely hear it was a different sound. Yeah. And it wasn't until Hit and Run came out, which was not that different from Artificial Age. Production-wise. It was a further evolution, you know, going down that road. Or devolution. But but people lost their minds. Mm. about the fact that Josh had produced it and they hated it. Yeah, they, but, they but should But these were the same people who thought Artificial Age was pretty good. Mm. They should, and they should have expected it. I mean... But do you think that's because of the quality of the songs are not as good on Hit and Run or just the production is that much worse? I don't get the specific reason why people were okay with Artificial Age being the way it sounded and then Hit and Run, you know, it's the end of the world. Look, I mean, it's all a matter of taste, I think. But from my point of view, the songs, song for song, the songs on Artificial Age, I think are stronger than the, the actual songwriting on uh, Hit and Run. But yeah. at the same time, it depends on who you ask because it's like when you said, I can't remember the, the terminology, but you said something like, are they better or worse or mm. um, the quality? Oh, that was it. You said quality. I don't know that you can apply quality to music. 
Yeah, because who's the judge of that? Yeah, it's like whoever's looking Who at the painting, Who is the arbiter right? of... <laughs> of good taste. It's like you sent me yeah. a, a... Was it a K or a J-pop? I can't K-pop. Remember. It was a K-pop Sister. YouTube video clip. Yeah, was it? Shake, Shake it. it. Shake it, yeah. Perfect perfect pop song. Well, I can't you know, argue. You know, you could, you could play that back in 1988 and it just fit in perfectly. That's why I love it so been, much. That would have been pretty pioneering in 1988. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe production-wise. Yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> but it's your classic three-and-a-half-minute pop song, and I just oh, – mm. it's great. Yeah. I I, the one thing that really bothers me about much of the material that comes out these days that's like electro-pop is that the songs just aren't there. Mm. Like the song that you played me uh, – well, I can't remember the band now, even though you just mentioned it. Sistar. So the band's called Sistar. The song's called Shake It. It follows the tradition of pop songwriting, whereas a lot of the beat heavy, like, unfortunately, a lot of the crappy hip hop that's coming out that I really don't understand the big love for at the moment. Uh, I'm not going to start mentioning artists because I don't want to disrespect anyone, but it's just the songs aren't there. The beats can are kind of cool often, but the songwriting, it's just lacking. But, but isn't again, that the point with the, like rap music? And I guess so. Isn't it just about a beat and a rap? Pretty much. Is yeah. there really that much you know music in it and choruses and verses and stuff? It's just rap. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's music, but it's just music of a different sort, I guess. That's all it is. But isn't it interesting how emotional people get about music? That's... When I was younger, I used to be one of those people that used to say, oh, this is better than that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You've got to hear this. And now it's like, listen to whatever you like, you know, and just everyone get on with it. Oh, talking about emotion, I think I've said this before on the other podcast that one of the reasons I like Mike Oldfield so much is because I do get emotional listening to some of his music. And I can honestly say that is extremely rare to happen when I listen to Prince music. You know, out of, just say Prince has done a hundred songs, one or two of them, I would feel some emotion out of that song. Yet Mike Oldfield did a hundred songs. It could be like 30 or 40 songs. There's just seems to be so much more to it. Now that's just me. And I suppose every person gets something from different things. Mm. And I'm sure there's people who think I'm an idiot because I don't think there's any emotion in Prince songs. There might be. I just don't feel it. You don't seem to connect with it. That's what you're saying. Yeah. But that could be because I'm super white. But then I know other white people who listen to, you know, black <laughs> me music. And my, me and my and white they, friends. And they get it. And I just don't get it. Now, I don't know why. I mean, player, he's into all that rap and hip hop and all that stuff. And he gets it. I, I don't. And I don't know why. I just don't. And it doesn't really matter. <laughs> At the end of the day, it doesn't really Not make really. one difference. Whatever floats your boat, right? But you listen to Amarok. You listen to the. You get to the last fifteen minutes of that. You know, you should be exhausted by the time you get to the end of that album. That's how it should work. You're emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted because you jump around like an idiot, <laughs> if you can. <laughs> But I can't think of one Prince song that made me want to do that, ever. Well, there's no... Even at the concerts, you know, all the Prince concerts I've been to, I'm sitting there in my seat and the person in front of me stands up and I am so pissed off because I don't want to stand up. I don't want to <laughs> dance because I'm not feeling the need to dance. But wait a second. I've got, I've got to pull you up here because I understand what you're saying, but like, do you dance to anything? No. Well, that's... <laughs> but... You should probably preface that by saying, <laughs> I don't dance to anything. <laughs> Because it sounds like you're saying, I would dance to something, but it's just that it's not good enough for me to dance to, or I'm not feeling the groove. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen you dance to a dance song. No. So, well, there you go. The <laughs> only time I have danced 
was back in the late 90s in London at raves <laughs> under certain influences. And that's the only time I've ever danced in my life. Oh, and I haven't gosh. done it since, and I haven't done it before that. Imagine if someone had captured that on film, the, the one rare <laughs> moment of Captain That dancing. was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. If you can't remember it, it must have been good. Maybe that's why you don't dance anymore, because you you danced so much. I danced a lifetime youth. worth. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah, emotion in music. The only one I can say that I really get is Mike Oldfield. Now, what I guess music is a hard thing to talk about sometimes because it's not like a scientific phenomenon that can be explained by like yeah. dissecting it. And some. So, what do you? If you had to put your finger on it, do you think there's anything that comes to mind about his music that touches you? I think one of the main things is he's pretty much done half half his career. He's done full album, instrumental albums either one long piece or part one, part two, like 30 minutes each or whatever. And he's done like single pop songs as well with guest vocalists. As good as those songs are, classic pop songs like Moonlight Shadow. That's classic. That's a classic. Everybody knows that song. And as good as they are, I think the instrumental stuff is better. And I think that's part of it. And every time we review a Prince album, I'm like barely listening to the lyrics. It's because I think I'm much more interested in the music. Like I can listen to a full album of Mike Oldfield, all instrumental, and that's all I'm listening to. There's no useless vocals there to distract me because half the time they are useless. They don't ever need to be there. If the music's good, that's you don't need vocals on there. But then Prince has proven that wrong by putting out like stuff like News, which was not great. When you know when news first the news of news came out, I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be the best album. It's like a Mike Oldfield album, and you couldn't believe how disappointed I was when I heard it. I'm because looking it was at, so far. I'm looking from what at I it right now. I've I've got the outer casing of news where you can just see the earth. Mm. Like I think it's a top-down view of earth. I've got that stacked against my windowsill. Expectation was a lot better. Really? I like news. Uh, it's I like it. too backgroundy for me. It's There's nothing that grabs me to listen to it. But Expectation, I think, is great. I mean, Vanessa May is unbelievable. Mm. She's a good violin player too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, if I could say uh, I'm a musician... It's music that I'm listening to. I'm not really listening to lyrics and vocals. You know, if you're like a, a poet or something, you're going to be focusing on listening to lyrics more. I understand what you're saying. However, there's a lot of instrumental music out there. So what do you think it is about Mike Oldfield's music, instrumental music in I, particular? I have that... no idea why. Yeah. He's it's just, just a... so emotive with his guitar playing. So it's the guitar playing predominantly, you think, that makes you feel something? Yes. He's yes. he's a very underrated guitar player. Oh, unbelievably. Not underrated by musicians, but I think underrated by the wider public. In the world, yeah. yeah. But, you know, this it's the same thing with Prince. When I said so few songs of Prince have made me feel something, the ones that have have been with a guitar solo, specifically Milan, Purple Rain, 2010, I think it was. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have seen that video. That was one of the rare times I went, okay, there's something there. Maybe it's just guitar. Maybe it's just guitar that I really get something out of. Well, from the two examples that you've just given, that the, the common theme here is guitar solos yes. and guitar playing. Maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with not using a whammy bar. <laughs> because it's not the same. It doesn't have the same feeling. I agree. When I you, agree with you. When you yeah. manually create that sound with your fingers, with your skill, that has more feeling than just going bang, bang, bang on a whammy bar. 
It's not the same. I completely agree. Yeah. Although every there's an exception to every rule, and I think the one exception, maybe the only exception I can think of, is Jeff Beck. His use, if you've ever heard some of his stuff, especially recently, I have. I have. His use of the whammy bar is quite emotive, and it can be quite stunning. So he doesn't use it as a. But he doesn't use it as you know all the time. Yeah, it's not a crutch. He uses it as a to dis- distinguish his solos, but. I think there's ways to incorporate a whammy bar into things without overusing it. But it just, you know, when Prince got that whammy bar on his guitars in 2002, oh, he just used it all the time. I think we finally discovered. Annoyed me. He's like, I've got a new toy. I'm going to play with it (laughs) all the time. And he did. (laughs) I think I finally learned what it is about your relationship to music that actually gets you to feel something. And it's guitar parts, emotive guitar parts. That could be it. Because if I say to you, and and I'm hoping you know this track, but if I say to you, the band is Funkadelic and the song is Maggot Brain, what do you think of, first of all? Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) You're losing your shit, right? The few times I've seen George Clinton play, Maggot Brain is always uh, a good song to listen to. So So you're feeling something, right? But there are two things. They they are both guitar-related, though. One of them is that sort of guitar thing that we're talking about. But the other thing is the groove. There is a song called Night of the Thumposaurus People, which, again, it's George Clinton. I can't remember if it's Funkadelic or it's Parliament. I think it's Funkadelic. And on the album, it's not amazing. On the album, it might be five minutes, ten minutes. Live, it goes for 18 minutes, 22 minutes. (laughs) And that groove just does not stop. And it just kills you. I'm going to have to check that out. Unbelievable. I don't think I'm I'm familiar with that one. Anyway, where were we? (laughs) Well, I think, think, at least from my point of view, I've learned something about you today that I didn't really, I never quite connected the dots. I mean, looking back on it now, I think it was kind of there, but I never, it was never obvious to me. Now it's obvious that you love a good emotive guitar solo. And now you, what you've also added to that is you love a groove. So if we get a, if we get an amazing groove and then an awesome guitar solo on the top of that, that's like, I'm just, you're in I'm, heaven. I'm going to die. <laughs> you're in heaven. It's unbelievable. I will die. Like you go back to 90, 93, 94, Actually, mostly 93, like Act 2, when Levi was still there. You're talking about Prince again, just for everyone who's listening. Yes. Actually, even 92, when he was here for Diamonds and Pearls, and Levi on rhythm guitar is the master, I think, out of any Prince guitarist, before or since. You know, just the tightness of the groove that he can hold with Sonny behind him and Michael B on the drums. You know, those three, no one beats that for me. That was just the best thing ever. Well, I know that version of the MPG is probably your favorite rhythm section of all time, so I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Absolutely. Like, what was the the end of the, the Diamonds and Pearl show? It was like, what, 1999, Baby I'm a Star. Oh, no, actually, that was Act 1. And then Push. And it went for like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I can't think of the songs, but I know what you mean. It was like a almost like a medley. It was just of... like a big party medley hmm. outro thing, encore. Actually, Act 2, you had 1999 Baby I'm a Star, and then he did like America and DMSR and Pope, and it was just killer. Gee, well, if you... That was just so tight, that'll, it'll just kill you. Yeah, I've, I've heard some of those, and they are incredible, and they usually finish with Peach, or they, they throw it on towards the end as well, so... The guitar, oh my god. So you're a guitar freak. 
pretty I much. am, but not always, because I listen no, to depends. a lot of other yeah. stuff. Mm. So how familiar are you with Gary Clark Jr.? Because not at I, all. I think, well, I'm going to send you some links. You need to check out some of his work. There's a probably my favorite song of his is a song called When, when My Train Pulls In. And there are some out-of-this-world live versions of that song. I mean, the, the hairs are going to stand on the back of your neck when you listen Ooh. to this stuff. So it's going to be really, really good. Really heavy rhythm section and just out-of-this-world guitar playing. So I'm looking at my shelves full of valueless CDs now. George Harrison. George Harrison, his last album, Brainwashed, which came out after he had died. One of my favorite albums ever. That's in the top five. Of all always, time. Of always, forever. Wow. Wow. Top five album of all time. George Harrison, Brainwashed. It's wow. a great. Listen to that album. It's. <laughs> I, um, I, I have heard it once or twice, so I'm going to have to hear it again. But I remember one song off there in particular. It's called Never Get Over You. That's, yep. that's just a really cool song. There's, there's so many things I like about that album, though. He hadn't put out an album for years and years because he wasn't under any pressure to put out an album and he didn't feel like putting out an album. I think his last album might have been Cloud Nine, which was like maybe like 87. I think it was 87, yeah. But then, yeah, he passed away in, I think, 2000, 2001. And then Jeff Lynn from ELO and George's son, Danny, finished off the best tracks that he'd been working on for like the last 14, 15 years. And it's just an amazing album because I love Jeff Lynne's production. I like a lot of ELO's stuff. Yeah, ELO, great band. He's got that signature sound, doesn't he? Like you can just tell yep. it's an and in fact, he just came out with a new album, I think. And it's called Jeff Lynne's ELO Alone in the Universe from Memory. Ooh, how did I miss that? Mm, have a look at that. I think the I miss lots of things. <laughs> again, don't quote me, but I think the song is called When I Was a Boy or something like that. The new single. So check that out. Quite good. Very nostalgic, obviously. The album's due for release in oh November 13th. Yeah, so I've only heard that that song, which has been released. When I was a boy. Ooh. Mm. I mean, within two bars, you can hear exactly yeah. know, all of those it's trademark got... sounds. Yeah. I love Jeff Lynne's production. Like, that brainwashed album was probably the first album. Like, I'd heard a yellow stuff before, like on the radio, but I'd never really bought anything or listened to it. But then I got that brainwashed album. And I'm like, wow, who is this guy? Yeah. Not, not George Harrison. I knew who he was. Hmm. Jeff Lynne. And then I started listening to – he had an album called Armchair Theatre. I think it was his first solo album. Yes, it was. And that yeah, was it's got some really good songs on it. That has some great songs. And then he did all the Travelling Wilbury stuff as well. Yeah. And I love Travelling Wilburys because I love Roy Orbison, one of the best vocalists ever. And, Hard to argue and then you that. had George Harrison. Yeah, Tom Petty's okay. But then you had, Jeff Lynn, you had Jeff Lynn as well and Bob Dylan, who I don't – probably the least – I like the least out of those five. What a band, though. I mean, look at those guys you just named. Incredible. Oh, but the best thing was, you know, where was the ego? Hmm. It would wasn't there, there. Would there ever be a band like that today? There's been similar things, but nothing on that scale. They were, you know, those five. Insane. Yeah, that, it's pretty crazy. I think the only way that works, the only way something like Travelling Wilburys comes together is if people – if each person surrenders, pretty much surrenders their ego and just says, you know what, let's do this together and just collaborate. It's pretty rare, I think, in rock history that something like that has happened. Artists of that magnitude coming together as a band for an album. Hmm. A true super group. The only, the only other example that I can think of that I would argue completely different type of music, but 
that I would argue was as successful would be them Crooked Vultures. Who was in that? Dave Grohl on drums. Yeah. Josh Homme on guitar and vocals. And John Paul Jones on bass and keys. Ah. Hmm. So you got one part Led Zeppelin, one part Queens of the Stone Age, and one part Foo Fighters. I mean, that's a super band if you've in the modern era, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But Jeff Lynne's production. Oh, but but and then he did Full Moon Fever with Tom Petty. Great album. He did Roy Orbison's Mystery Girl. Another great album. And he did the Traveling Wilburys albums, like all within a couple of years. You can listen to any one of those albums, and they all—it's like one massive album. Oh, then the other album. Jeff Lynn produced all around that same year or two was Del Shannon's Rock On. There you go. And that was his He's last album. He's a busy album. boy. Anyway, that's enough of that music. Yeah, talk away. Why is, what's, what's all this music conversation, Captain? I mean, I come on your show, <laughs> start talking to me about Prince, Peach and Black, all these things. I've, I've been there, done that. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about my own show, Rob S. Presents, which I'm... Well, too bad. That's exactly what we're going to talk about now. Famous, famous. What are you plugging. doing? What am I doing? Well, I'm just about to have a chopped chick cookie at the moment. <laughs> What am I doing? What do you mean? Uh, what's the question? You have, every time we record a Peach and Black episode, like before we start recording, you're like, I've got this idea for this thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Mm. And you've been saying that for like six years. <laughs> well, so is anything you, actually coming? It is. I mean, you'll notice that. I know there's a website. What's the website? There's a website. It's uh, www.robs.com, which is just spelled R-O-B-E-S-S-E.com. So that's basically the homepage. You'll find all of my upcoming shows on there. The only thing that's on there at the moment is the Hearts interview that I did late in 2014, which got some good. Uh, I got some good feedback from from listeners, and sounds like people enjoyed it. Yeah. Hearts was a very gracious guest. He uh, opened up a fair bit, and and um, that was a great. That a was great a good one. In depth conversation. I mean, that's what I endeavor to do going forward. I guess to answer your question is. Have intriguing, free-flowing conversations with artists. And at the moment, I've got a couple of people lined up that I don't want to reveal just yet. <laughs> but uh, one of them is a prominent uh, Madonna. jazz <laughs> a prominent jazz musician, I was going to say. So it's not Madonna. Another guest will be a prominent R&B soul band, or at least part of the band. So yeah, look out for that. Ooh. I mean, m- my biggest challenge is... It takes work to interview people. I'm sure you figured that out. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, this is what, episode eight, right, on Captain Says. And it does take a lot of work. And, I mean, you're doing it on your own. I'm doing it on my own as well. We don't have a team around us. It's not as if we're, you know, on serious uh, <laughs> FM in the States. So we're doing this, you know, on our own. Yes, we're doing it at, technically out of studios, at home, you know, our, our home built studios and, and we know pretty much what we're doing, but it still takes time and effort and work and research. That's, that's exactly right. You need to right. know things when you're going to interview people. Exactly. And none of that, I still haven't even mentioned the, the issue that I've got. The issue that I've been having over the last year and why it's taken so long is figuring out the right direction because, you know, any man and his dog, any monkey can do some research and, and have a conversation <laughs> with someone to a degree. <laughs> Yeah, look at this you show. Know. I don't even have to, I don't even do any research and I do a show. So this great. episode, you didn't have to do anything. But, you know, you, I want it to be more than just a conversation, I guess. So I'm still tinkering with a few little elements around how it will be unique, how it will deliver value to the listener. It needs to be more than just two people talking. The other thing is that there's a lot of 
information out there at the moment and there, there are many other podcasts that are in the realm of, I guess, what you and I are doing to an extent. I mean, mine's more focused on musicians than yours is, but we're both kind of going into a territory that is a little bit different from Peach and Black and it takes work. But from my point of view, I want my show to be unique enough for me to stay interested as well. Mm. If that makes sense. The show isn't about me. It's about the artist. But I need to be sufficiently interested in what I'm doing mm. to, to have it come across the way I want it to. And hopefully then the listener gets something out of it. And as importantly, the, the guest that's on the show. So if you're coming on the show, I don't want you to sit there and just answer questions. I want it to be more like kind of like what you and I did today and what you've done with your previous guest, just to use you as a quick example, it's a conversation that touches on a few elements that you might have thought of before it started, but then kind of you're free to just have a, to veer off into different areas. It goes where it goes. Exactly. That's so, what a conversation is. <laughs> well, that's right. So I, I guess that's the part of it that I want to make sure I tackle and um, I'll, I'll get there. I mean, it, it's taken some time now that, it, now that I'm pretty much there, the site's up, there's some guests scheduled. People can expect some some interesting uh, content coming up. I'd say a couple between now and Christmas, and then hopefully, well, at least one before Christmas. <laughs> don't 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 make promises you can't keep. You can't keep. I'll endeavour to get two done before Christmas, but then 2016 is going to be the big year of uh, more regular content. Hopefully. Well, like I've said in just about every episode of this, this is number eight, and this could be the the final one because if I if I don't find somebody that I want to talk to. <laughs> You know, if again, if I'm not interested, then I'm not going to do it. You know, there's no obligation to do it. I'm doing mm. it because I want to do it. And as long as I'm still interested in doing it, I'll do it. But the minute that I'm like, oh, this bores me, and that, that is done. <laughs> mm. So just, I think just about every episode, I'm like, yeah, this could be the last one. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say that actually with, with guests you've had on the show. And I ask you, well, how many of these have you done? And you're like, I've done, you know, this many. And. You never know. This might just be the last episode. <laughs> I think even Michael Veach and, and I said that to him, you know, who knows? And there was a bit of a gap between this one and, and the last one as well. Yeah, what's going on with you? Forget about me. It seems I'm, like they want to do it. What, what's going on with, with you? But then Tell it me keeps about getting yourself, pushed Captain. back for different things. What are you working on? Who? What guests have you got lined up? Or are you not allowed to talk about that? There's a couple of people I'm thinking of. Again, I'll do at least another one before Christmas. That's the promise. Ooh. But maybe more. Who knows? Is that a promise? Is that, is that set in stone now? There will be one more episode at least before Christmas. Not including this Not one? Not including this one. Okay. See, this is October. There'll be one in November or December for sure. Okay. Who knows who it's going to be? I'm not coming back again, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to make your own show. That's right. <laughs> you haven't got time to come on this I'll one be, anymore. I haven't got time to come on Captain Says again. I've got my own thing to do. Exactly. <laughs> Hilarious. So that's it. We talked, we talked long. There you go. So this was episode eight. Very good. Thank you for coming on this great show. Thank you for having me. And I, you got to keep this going. You've got a good thing to hear. <laughs> you got to keep it, you got to keep it going. Well, people have to listen, see? That's true. That's the thing. Well, thank you for having me on. Yay. I, I, like I said, when the captain calls, I answer. So anytime you want me on, I'm here. But I'm going to go and do my own thing <laughs> before I run out of time. You have to do Rob S. Presents. <laughs> That's right. Rob S. Presents dot, dot, dot. Oh, you know Stay what we tuned. didn't say? I was going to ask you this at the start, and I possibly have asked you this in, on the Peach and Black show at least once. Where does the name MC Slow-Mo come from? Oh, okay. So, 
Uh, I know it's something is, to do with rap. Yeah, this is a little bit embarrassing. Back in the high school days, and I've still got some of my raps, by the way, um, locked away in a in a secure vault somewhere. Um, but I used to <laughs> muck around with a mate of mine, and we used to just you know write write raps basically. And so he came up with a name. Oh, struggling to remember his name, but mine was obviously MC Slomo. The reason that it was MC Slomo was because everyone around that this was like mid nineties, and everyone around that time, I'm thinking of like Bone Thugs and Harmony and all that kind of stuff. There was a lot of really fast MCs, like Tony M coming out. <laughs> well, yeah, you can put him in that bucket. Um, and so a lot of MCs were were rapping either at like a mid tempo or like a really quick tempo. And I started uh, rapping really, really slowly, almost like half speaking. And so someone just yelled out, man, that is in slow mo. And, <laughs> and I said, that's perfect. That's MC slow mo. <laughs> so then I registered MC slow mo and uh, the rest is history. But Trademark. MC, yeah, <laughs> MC slow mo became MC. And now uh, MC has become Rob S, which is uh, my name, I guess. So, um, yeah. Ah, very interesting. That's, that's the evolution. So you say you've got your raps written down or actually recorded? Both. Uh, I can't, oh. I don't know where the recordings are. I could probably, if you want me to, if you've got two minutes, I may be able to pull them out somewhere and maybe read one to you if you want. Well, not to you, but to the audience. But it's called, um, it's a song about getting my hair cut. Oh, what a, what a topic. Doesn't yeah, get, I know. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you write when you're 15? Exactly. I got a haircut. Exactly. It's not called cuts, is it? No. <laughs> With scissor sounds all through it. <laughs> Just cuts. <laughs> no, it's. I can't remember what the title was. It, it may have been untitled. Many of my raps back then were untitled. But yeah, actually, that word untitled, my skills are unbridled. It was a lot of stuff that is, <laughs> is, is coming back to me at the moment. But So you wrote most of your raps? I wrote all of my freestyle? raps. I didn't use any ghost writers. You didn't Captain. do freestyle? I, no, I did a few freestyles, but they weren't very successful. Freestyling's like, I don't know, lifting weights. You've got to lift weights for a year before you get any good at it. So yeah, my freestyles, let's just say that if I, if, if I end up finding any of those, I won't be sending them to you. But <laughs> I think that the lyricism was reasonable at the time. See, most of the stuff, I never wrote any raps. I would always do freestyle every time. Really? I want to hear some of that stuff. It was kind of, my stuff, it's just coming to me stream of consciousness. Stuff like my beats are like venom, my tongue's a loaded weapon, and I can't remember the rest of the stuff, but it's, it's that type of stuff, you know. I had a song about girls. Isn't that original? <laughs> a song about what? <laughs> <laughs> you know those girls. <laughs> uh. Here's a classic line from the old days. So you think that I'm boring? I'm more interesting than you when you're in bed and snoring. So just... <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> so, oh, that's good. Do you know what? This, we need to write a rap together. We should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it makes me laugh now. I had all sorts of stuff. There was a song called Talking Myself Up, and it's it started something like, I'm the Rolex of rappers, the Mercedes of MCs, the cream of the crop. I look down from on top. There's no need to frown. Don't worry, I'm wearing the crown, and all that kind of stuff. So... It was pretty, pretty So, funny. you were like doing Prince's, you know, I am the best thing, like all those years ago. Well, now that I think about it, there may have been more than one, uh, yeah, there may have been a comparison, comparison to what Tony M was doing in the good old days. Ah. <laughs> when I'm rapping, it's like a river's flowing, no way of knowing where my mind is going. 
<laughs> my rhyming skills are second to none when I'm near a mic or when I'm holding one. Oh, oh that's good. So there's all that kind of stuff. We, I mean, you know, I used to share this with my mates at the time and they thought it was reasonably good, but I just kind of like grew out of the hip hop thing and I just kind of let it go. But um, here's, here's one. Here's an oldie but goodie, as Slick Rick used to say. <laughs> this is one for I'll dedicate to the show. Okay, so this is it. This is the world premiere right now. Okay, here we go. Acapella. I was walking down the street, minding my feet, bobbing my head to the old school beat. When I passed a shop with expensive stuff, I checked out my pocket, but times were rough. The shop had a window. A reflection was there. I saw myself. I couldn't believe it. I yelled shit, my hair, but I didn't despair. And as luck would have it, I moved a little further and saw a hairdresser at the town square. I went to the hairdresser to get a haircut and I said to the guy, don't mess my shit up because it took a while to put it in place. I did it on purpose to suit my face. How do you want it? The old guy said, just a little shorter. And remember, don't stuff up my hair. He took shampoo and some condition it while I wash your hair. Don't move till I finish it. I said, okay. And then took a seat on a chair made of leather, but it felt like concrete. My hair was washed and I felt refreshed. The guy was ready and began to suggest a crew cut, a mohawk, even a skinhead. Thanks for the advice, pal, but when it comes to my hair, I think I know best. I told you before, I wanted it shorter, a two on the side, the top and on the corner. Blend it all in, but basically just keep my same style with your magic hands. I'll wait to see in the mirror a brand new man. The guy was standing, so I nudged him and said, please start cutting my hair. Let's go. (laughs) Throw out my afro. The mirror showed the guy's old hands and in them scissors and a spraying water can. He sprayed and sprayed until it was wet. Then he started cutting the way that I said. It took him a while when he was finally done. I gave him a smile and said, thanks a lot for cutting my hair. He took my money and replied, take care. I walked out of the place with a confident grin. I knew just how good I was looking. And as I walked back to my parked car, girls stopped and stared and thought, ooh, la la. As you can probably tell, I was really glad that I got my hair cut. So now listen up. If you're sitting at home and you see your own reflection and your hair is bigger than a tall man's erection, take my advice. Don't think twice. Get a haircut. And just like Rob S, soon you'll be looking nice. (laughs) Oh, man. That is excellent. That is so good. (laughs) Just a little bit of of the old MC raps from Uh. the vault. Oh, it took it took eight years of Peach and Black before we got to that. Wow. Oh, jeez. Wow. That's an oldie but goodie, I'll tell you that much. That's really good. I like that. <laughs> You've got to record that with like with beats and stuff. <laughs> There's this guy called Josh. He does lots of beats. We could get him, I reckon. There you go. Imagine that. Peach and Black presents the album. <laughs> it- <laughs> we can put my, my songs, your songs. There you go. Toe Jam's got Toe some Jams? songs. Has Player got some songs? I don't know. Player can produce. He must have something. <laughs> I reckon, honestly, I think Player can spit. With a name like that, he's into the hip hop. I reckon he's got some... Uh... He can do some DJ stuff. I know that. Oh, there you go. So, Peach and Black, the album. Now that, that I would like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I found that. It was just sitting there on the top of my cabinet. Oh, that's the end of the show right there. <laughs> oh, that's that's really good. I never thought I would actually ever like record that. In any way. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. One, two, three, 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.